0: Okay, we are back, everybody. Thanks for your patience as we took a couple months off to work on the Fortune's Wheelhouse Esoteric Guide to Terra, which is now at the publisher. Hooray! Mm-hmm. So we are back to continuing our numeric sequence. And today's honoree is the terrifying number five. <laughs> 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 Just a quick overview of the cards we are going to cover. Okay, obviously, we're going to be talking about the four fives. And they are the Five of Wands, Lord of Strife, the Five of Cups, Lord of Disappointment or Loss in Pleasure, the Five of Swords, the Lord of Defeat, and the Five of Disks or Pentacles, the Lord of Worry or Material Trouble. Uh, We'll also be talking about the Associated Majors, by number and by reduction. So that's uh, number five being the Hierophant, and Temperance or Art being number 14.
1: Yeah, I have one more major Mm -hmm. I think that should be on the list is the Tower for Mars. We're going to be talking a lot about fives and and the association with Mars. So the Tower's kind of in there too.
0: Kind of is. Yeah. Yeah. And we also talk about it in the Mars episode, if you guys want to refer to that. We'll have lots of Further content there. We'll also be talking a little bit about the majors associated with the Sephira Givurah, the ones that are connected to that path. There are four of them. We'll be talking about the chariot, which is between Givurah and Bina. Uh, we'll be talking about strength or lust, which is between Givurah and Chesed. We'll be talking about justice or adjustment, which is between Givurah and Chesed. Tiferet. And we'll be talking about The Hangman, which is between Givora and Hode. Uh, so without further ado, uh, welcome to number five. I think in some ways, it's the most complex of the numbers we've handled yet.
1: Yeah, it definitely shakes things up, doesn't it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> we are fundamentally, in some ways, creatures of five. We have five senses, we have five fingers on each hand. You know, some people consider the five of the head and the four limbs. So there's something very human about the number five. Yes, definitely. The number of man. You know, you see people break it up as kind of four plus one, but also as two plus three. From Mm -hmm. the four plus one perspective, we're always talking about matter and spirit. Yep. So matter being, you know, always associated with four, as we talked about in the last episode. But spirit being that indefinable, um, life-giving property that animates and vitalizes matter. So that's indicated, I think, partly by the pentagram. So when we look at the pentagram, you know, the five-pointed star, we're always observing in tarot whether it is one point over four points or the inverse pentagram, four points over one point. And that we take to be a commentary on spirit over matter or matter over spirit.
1: Yeah, it's interesting the the association with spirit as the animating force and the five as the introduction of motion. Yes. That idea of motion and animation as being cognate with each other
0: somehow. What is it in the Naples arrangement... Uh, he says, the it's the idea of motion coming to the aid of that of matter. Yeah, and that's really interesting,
1: too, because we think of the fives as being, you know, in tarot anyway, they, they're pretty mm-hmm. negative cards, in the minors, at least. But yeah. the idea of motion coming to the aid of matter shows that, you know, these tests, these challenges that come in are actually for our benefit.
0: Because nothing can happen without the five disrupting us.
1: Yeah, they're going to break up that stagnation that would otherwise occur.
0: I've jotted down a quote here, and I assume it's Crowley. It's only through motion and in time can events occur. Yes, that's Crowley. A lot of what we find difficult about the fives has to do with the fact that they force us to change, the idea that they disrupt and cause us to use our creativity to find our way forward in life.
1: That quote about time, the other thing I was reflecting on a lot preparing for this episode on the five is how many connections there are really between the five and say the three or the 10 as Saturn, Mars and Saturn kept coming up as Mm -hmm. somehow interconnected over and over again. So that idea of motion and time, you know, we usually associate time with Saturn and this Mars-Saturn connection comes up over and over again, which I thought was really interesting.
0: That is really interesting. And when you think about, you know, just adding five repeatedly, it just goes between five, five, and, five ten, and ten five and, and five ten, and ten. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Ever reproducing itself. The idea of five as four plus one is also interesting because it kind of implies that there's like a center to matter. Like if you look at the um, arrangement of the quincunx, which is like the five on a die that's the arrangement mm-hmm. of four things in the corners and one in the middle just like the world card or the wheel of fortune
1: purina dog chow.
0: <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah and uh and the idea is that you know the the five has always been associated with, like, the sacred center. So the quintessence or the axis mundi, the anima mundi. There's an idea that out of matter arises this central point that connects us to the divine.
1: Or the thumb and the four fingers.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but oh, and also it's called the Jacob's Ladder, I think, which is, you know, the idea that that's our way out of this world to climb the ladder of spirit as opposed to matter. There are five Chinese elements besides the the five senses. There are the five tatwas. There's the uh,
1: five major astrological aspects.
0: Yeah, there's something very fundamental about the way that we relate to five. Oh, yeah. And then there's the four riddles of the Sphinx, but the fifth property, which is to go. So the idea is that there is a destination beyond the four that complete the set.
1: Yeah, kind of like the head and the four limbs.
0: (laughs) That Mm -hmm. that moves them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That
1: moves the four limbs.
0: I ran across a reference in alchemy to the idea of hule, which is spelled H-Y-L-E. It's Greek, uh, which is an alchemical term referring to matter or material. When I looked it up, It said it could refer to matter, but it could also refer to firewood. And that seemed really interesting to me, not only because, you know, in tarot generally, we have, you know, this sort of uh, eternal cycle between wands and discs, between fire and earth. They're essentially different forms of the same thing. But the fact that firewood is potential energy and that you need that fifth thing, that spirit or spark to turn it into something That can be consumed.
1: Yes. The whole thing about five is usually, to me, they relate so much to the concept of will. Whether it's man's will, what causes the motion in our lives, or, you know, divine will. There's a -hmm. lot of connection between the will force and the planet Mars and the idea of five.
0: Absolutely. And when you talk about the will of the divine... That seems particularly appropriate because one and four are kind of divine plus earthly, but two and three are a way of representing two yes. things that are not alike as well, right? So yeah, whether it's uh, male and female. feminine and
1: masculine or bina and hokma, you know, right. the combination of those things. Is what produces life. Yes. Right. And five is the, you know, the the product of the two and three, so it's the, it's,
0: The marriage, you could (laughs) say, of two and three,
1: the first male and the first female
0: combined. Right. Right. And I wonder if that's actually a good transition to go into talking about the Hierophant as the five. Because the Hierophant, of course, is a card of marriage in a way. I remember being really confused by that. When I first started reading tarot, because I would look at these traditional meanings for the card and I'd be like, there's this old priest guy on here. And why does that necessarily imply marriage? I don't see two people getting married here. It's the marriage, not just it's a of sacred male and marriage with the holy exactly. guardian angel. Exactly. The idea could be the marriage of divine and earthly. The fact that also I think, you know, you need. The hierophant as the sort of sacred presiding force to bring together male and female. Yeah, both of the cards,
1: both of the majors. You know that the five, the hierophant, and the um, temperance or art card. Yeah, which is a five by reduction.
0: Mm-hmm. I was
1: thinking, well, it's interesting that they both they have some similarities in they that do. they're both sort of mediators between two things. Yes,
0: The absolutely. hierophant
1: between you know the divine and the earthly. And the temperance card between the two opposing forces, almost as if one is a horizontal axis and the other is a vertical axis, but they're both like a, a, um, you know, a mediating force between the two. And the other thing they both have in common that I thought was interesting is they both have the idea of penetration or piercing involved. So the hierophant with its letter that, mm. that, means nail and the uh, temperance card with its letter that means prop and its association with the arrow they're both like very phallic piercing (laughs) things and we're talking about fives as as mars which right right. made total
0: sense i hadn't even thought about it that way you know the hierophant we think of him as the keeper of the keys the bridge between worlds he provides a structure to go between different things whereas temperance you know you can think of it as the path of the arrow, but you can also think of it as taking the two things and combining them, you know, Mm -hmm. rather than trying to keep them separate and just provide the way between. The temperance or art card actually says, okay, well, these two are one now. So they're kind of two different approaches to accomplishing the same thing. Maybe the experience of the five is so difficult because you are dealing with two things that are just fundamentally unalike. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Especially after coming from Chesed, coming from the Four, where the very notion of that place is stability, everything being sort of uh, in this stable configuration. Yeah, maybe we should talk about Chesed and Gevora then. Why not? Why not? So... You know, when we talked about Chesed, we talked about it as really being a counterpart to Gevora, the, t- the right and left arms of the tree. Mm-hmm. Wherever you have the free flow and mercy and generosity of Chesed, it needs to be balanced mm-hmm. by Gevora. And, you know, Gevora is, as we sort of talked about in the last episode, is this experience of deprivation and severity where there's a kind of a holding back, which is interesting because the entire creation of the universe is spoken of as a contraction in Kabbalistic terms. So, you know, tzimtzum is the idea that the divine had to make room for creation by pulling back a little bit. And givor is like that. It's sort of the the restraining of natural divine fusion and Yet creation generosity.
1: itself is actually an act of restriction in a way because exactly. you know from it had to define itself somehow and any definition is limiting you know when you're starting from the
0: point of being everything
1: <laughs> exactly you have to narrow it down
0: a bit <laughs> yeah so it's kind
1: of like a correction you know the mars force you know mars is either going to fix it or it's going to destroy it if it can't right. fix it, it's going to say, all right, you
0: know. <laughs> right. And I think we see Givora as so uncomfortable and difficult because as humans, we so tend towards the hesed side of things. We feel most comfortable and secure when there's an overabundance <laughs> and a surplus. This whole idea of five is not only representing motion and disruption and, you know, uh, the, the The unfolding of time, but also as suffering, the idea well, that, that
1: again brings in Saturn, you know it's connected it's mm-hmm. the reflection of Binah on the tree, so it really does have that connection with Saturn and restriction and sorrow and things of that nature.
0: For example, there's you know the five wounds of Christ as a symbol of suffering. You know, that's
1: the thing about the five, though, that, uh, the other thing that really came up often, you know, there's the five wounds of Christ and there's the, the five precepts of Buddhism. That's another mm-hmm. form of restriction, you know, limiting these things. Right. But what it all boils down to is that great struggles lead to great revelations.
0: Right. The four, five, and six kind of make their own um, trio up. Obviously, they're the world of Bria in Kabbalah. But also, they kind of naturally belong together in the sense that they are traditionally associated with the three patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So Isaac, of course, is the son of Abraham, who's the thing that most people associate it with Isaac is the sacrifice, right? The fact that he was about to be um, killed by his father, as a sacrifice to God, one of his virtues, it said, is that he held himself from crying out. He didn't protest at his treatment. He was able to control his emotions and his passions, which is also an aspect of Givora. Also, it's interesting that three go together in the sense that if you think about the Briatic colors, they're Kessed blue, Givora red, Tiferet yellow. So there's those sort of primaries right there in the center. Remember when we were talking about bina as, it's called understanding because it receives the insight of hakma and amplifies and multiplies it, etc. Mm-hmm. Givura also has sort of a self-conscious quality in that way. There's that hermetic phrase, watch the watcher, examine the examiner, judge mm-hmm. the judge. <laughs> and That's associated with Givorah, the idea that there's a part of you that has to stand aside and act as an Observer to um, almost like a uh, what do you call it an ombudsman in a newspaper. Somebody has to <laughs> to represent the outside interests of the composite being.
1: Yes, definitely. That's a good uh, that's a good analogy for, for this. Yeah,
0: yeah. And gevurah itself has a couple different names. We've talked about in the past. I think we probably talked in the Mars episode about pachad and din, fear yeah, and justice, fear, fear and judgment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, both highly restricting factors in our lives. Uh, the root of giborah is gibor, which is in the god name Elohim gibor, which is the god name of, of giborah, which means the mighty gods. But gibor means like hero, it means someone who has sort of an epic fate. And that only really happens in the face of adversity, right? We don't really talk about heroes as people who just kind of had it all handed to them.
1: Yeah, and that makes sense with, you know, the virtue of Gavora being courage, but you can't have courage without something that you're afraid of.
0: Right. Courage and I think also energy, which of course has to act on something.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And then there's the vice. Right. The uh, cruelty and destruction aspect. I had a couple different versions of the four weapons. There's a bunch of weapons. They're all rather uh, disciplinary, I guess you would say. <laughs> the sword, the spear, the scourge, the chain.
0: Yes. And sometimes I've seen, n- instead of the chain, I've seen the burin, which is like ah, an engraving yes, tool. That, w- that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Which relates back to that whole idea of contraction and engraving, right? Because engraving mm-hmm. is a fundamental verb associated with the very the creation. very margining. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, um, the, the divine made creation by removing some of its substance because otherwise there would be no room for all that there was. You know, when we talk about the contrast of Chesed and Givora, we're always talking about the differences between Jupiter and Mars, just to emphasize that. But as you said, there's, Always this implied relationship between Mars and Saturn.
1: There were so many connections, but another one that came up was the the mystic number of five, which is where if you add one plus two plus three plus four plus five, you get 15, which is the card of the devil. So again, Saturn, and uh, that's the Capricorn card, and Mars is exalted in Capricorn. Then there's the the whole connection between five as being the number of the uh, phi ratio or the golden ratio, the golden section. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: that's represented by the tau cross and the the, uh, angle between the short edge and the long edge. And, and it's <laughs> right. you know, the Tau cross is what we associate with the universe card, which, again, is Saturn. And right. it, it kept coming up over and over again, all these connections between uh, the two malefics, I guess, Mars
0: and Saturn, and they really have a, a relationship. There's a really great quote from, I think it's Promethea, Alan Moore's Promethea about Givora, uh, where the heroine says something like, uh, speaking of Givora, it's just that it can't afford to get sentimental. That's why huh. judgment has to be stern. The energies at work in everything, they got to be pure. No crap. Givura is where the world gets the shit beaten out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was great. Crowley had his own feelings about Five. He wasn't very sympathetic to those of us who dread and fear the Five. He said, it's a little more... Then the reluctance of people to get up from lunch and go back to the job.
1: <laughs> <laughs> disruption is disruption. The whole idea of fives and will, there's a real thing there. Because if you look at the five minors, every single one of them is a test of your will mm-hmm. in each of the four worlds. They're, yes. they're each some yes. sort of test of your willpower. However you want to, you know, read what will is. If you want a little wormhole for homework, if you go and read... Crowley's Lieber Two. It's pretty short, but it's all about his definition of will. And one thing that I thought was really interesting about that is, you know, he says pure will, unassuaged of purpose, delivered from lust of result, is every way perfect. Mm. And that whole unassuaged of purpose, he goes on to kind of break that down as saying it has to do with tireless motion. He says it's that will. It's it's describing. You know, unassuaged, unfulfilled or of Mm -hmm. purpose means it's constantly moving. And he says it's the energy will is as the energy of like tireless motion that goes on infinitely and it's unalterable and it's Nirvana but dynamic instead of static. And I thought that was a really good definition of the five.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that phrase, unassuaged by purpose, makes me think of, you know, the difference between five and six, where six gets to balance and rest because it's at its quote unquote, practical best. You know, yeah, its and purpose, five never stops, never mm-hmm.
1: rest. He called, you know, he called it a form of nirvana, though, which I thought was really interesting.
0: What about the cards that are uh, connected to Givura on the tree? So we've got the chariot, we've got strength or lust, we've got justice and the hanged man. We talked about strength last time, um, because it you know it connects to Hesed. And mm-hmm. we talked about kind of the kundalini energy, sort of taking the, the source energy of Hesed and restraining it or forcing it to rise up the spine. As Kundalini force, um, and also as kind of um, the idea of courage, strength can also be moral, moral courage or moral fortitude as arising under hardship. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like the Chesed response to the Givura conditions. Yeah, and then you know I was thinking about the Chariot card and Givura, and it seemed to me that the Chariot card that kind of relates back to that concept of the hero, right?
1: Yeah. And the magical image, which is the warrior in his chariot. Oh, yeah, G- right. magical image.
0: That's right. The warrior's magical image. Um, yeah, and this one's armed and crowned, right? And we talked about this last time as being like, this is the king who's like going to war as opposed to the, the image of the king in Kassid, who is kind of enthroned and in a law-giving position. You have to have both. One who's willing yes. to apply force and one who's willing to rule. Uh, peaceful civilization. And, you know, and something too about that chariot as, you know, the bearer of the grail, the restraint of his own ego in service to a much larger cause has something to do with the restraint of Givora. He's on a mission from Bina, And then we have justice or adjustment between Givora and Tiferet literally has the sword on it in the rider waite right. Well, yeah, and one in of the names of
1: Givorah is mm-hmm. justice, so it kind of definitely exactly. fits there.
0: Yeah, one of my favorite things about trying to put the Wade Smith justice on the Tree of Life is that if you do that, the sword literally points at Givorah and the scales point at Tiferet. So, yeah, and I think of that as justice. It is this path from an experience of imbalance, which is another sort of keyword for fives and givores generally, from an experience of balance towards one of balance. And in order to do that, you need both the scales and the sword. You need, or, you know, to put it in thought terms, you need that very fine ability to adjust minute signals. And and
1: there's that, you know, with the adjustment card, there's also that idea of Saturn again, you know, Saturn's exaltation in Libra and... You know, I was thinking of the Saturn thing and the devil card and the, um, all those connections and the phrase that came into my mind for, um, you know, I was thinking of the devil and his association with mirth and Saturn and all this. And then I thought for Gavora the, the a saying could be
0: man plans and God laughs. Yes, I agree. Yeah. And then the last one coming out of Gavora is, of course, the hanged man, which is the path between Gavora and Hode. I was thinking about that in terms of, Givora as the restraining. Um, you know, clearly in the Hanged Man there's literal restraint. You know, it is the the binding of the mystic or the binding of Odin or whoever it is, in order to find something that's beyond the material and mundane.
1: Yeah, the uh great struggles leading to great revelations
0: fits for the Hanged Man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um the struggles of Givora lead to the you know, knowledge and and uh, the the refinement of the mind that you get in Hode. The other thing about fives,
1: you know, when we think about fives in in ritual, we have the pentagram rituals, and
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: as an animating force for invoking or as a banishing force, you know, the five is destruction. It works either way.
0: Yeah, and it makes me think of the colors that we associate with Givora. You know, red, of course, is widely held to be the color of life, carnality, passion, blood. But if you see it, (laughs) if you see somebody's blood, chances are they're suffering, they've been hurt. It's destruction, too. Yeah, it's energy, for sure. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, the cutting force and separating force of Mars is the release of energy. So when the blood flows, that is both destructive and animating in different contexts. And then we have the um the minors, which is uh really interesting to think about. I mean, I- I've been kind of looking forward to getting to the minors because they're so different from everything else in the numeric sequence. Our experience of adversity, you know, it can be found elsewhere, but it's really concentrated in the fives. Hmm. So the five of wands, you know, as strife. Yeah, that, that almost, the five of
1: wands really seems to define the five energy really well. Even in the name strife,
0: you know, it's, it has, it contains those, uh, that duality, you know, the, the, the pain and stress of strife, but also the striving, striving, exactly the positive energy of striving, you know, the Mm -hmm. great struggles leading to the great revelations. What is it that, uh, It's in the Five of Wands Book of Thought reference that he talks about Siva Therox. Remember that? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The idea that there's a certain cruelty that goes with the generative aspect of this. Yep. The Five of Wands and Wade Smith really emphasizes the contextual nature of the five, the fact that people are kind of put in this pressure cooker in order for us to come out with survival of the fittest you know with the best mm. possible outcome
1: definitely the um the, the weight smith card definitely has the idea of that motion and energy feel to it
0: as well as the you know unruly flames in the in the thoth five yes going in all directions yes yeah as if you're trying to you know hold up your lighter in a windstorm <laughs> And then the five of cups, you know, so powerful because it's the triple Mars, the most martial card there is in the minors um, between fives as Givora, between five uh, Mars as the Deccan ruler and Mars as the sign ruler. Yeah. Yeah. That's, Over that's where we see
1: the um, the disturbance is in the water suit. So, you know, water being the most passive, I guess, kind of placid suit, the disturbance there, you know, the loss of emotional pleasure really shows.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the Thoth card represents this as as a drying up, you know, overdose of heat, in Mars, whereas the Smith one represents it as the spilling of the liquid or blood or whatever it is, and the flowing of the river. So there's this... Well,
1: the spilling um, is kind of like a drying up, you know, exactly, you're losing exactly. the,
0: the moisture, you're losing
1: the, the emotional current.
0: The, I think the, the relationship of the Five of Cups to death, to Scorpio death, is that there has to be this sort of draining or you know, cutting down and bloodletting of life in order for life to then continue. This is the the most shocking and difficult and stressful part of it, but it is part of the larger death cyclical process. Yeah. Uh, and then we have the Five of Swords, the Lord of Defeat, right, which is...
1: Brings in not only the unpleasantness of five, but the unpleasantness of swords. Yes. <laughs> the, the, so the, you got quarrels on both ends.
0: Yeah. And it's it's interesting how we have the four, Chesed, truce. describe that as truce. And here is uh, where that truce fails. Here's the, the end of truce. <laughs> exactly. And literally, you know, the uh, the four of swords is called rest from strife, which of course... Kind of leads back to this five of wands mm-hmm. rather the five of wands, the strife card. So there's a relationship between fours and fives in that way too. In terms of swords being the suit of the mind, I think that there is a, there's a sense of unfairness and, and of overexposure that I think causes those who experience the five of swords. That's what sort of drives them out to take their journeys of the six. You know, the six is, is going to be really the problem solver, but it's in the five where you get the problems. <laughs> and then right. we have, uh, the, the five of discs. That's dogs worrying record. sheep. <laughs> yeah. The economic system has broken down, Crowley says, which to me, you know, in terms of the imbalance of material resources is truly depicted in the Thoth, I think by the sort of darkness and heaviness and you know, literal worry that's projected by the card—the the, grinding gears—and in the five of pentacles and Wade Smith as literal indigence, as literal poverty. It's like a
1: challenge to the will, you know. And that mm-hmm. every one of these is a test of will. That one's like a challenge to the will and the material. So to get enough.
0: Yeah, I was thinking about the backgrounds of the Wade Smith miners and. Thinking about how each element is disturbed, you know, you can see that the air is disturbed in the five of swords, you can see that the, you know, the water has spilled or is flowing in the five of cups, you can see that the snow falling through the air in the five of as crystallized water in the five of pentacles. And I don't know about the five of wands, but it's probably pretty hot. Those sticks are bashing against each other. They are. They are. (laughs) When we did the five of pentacles, we talked about Crowley's phrase where he said it was strangling as dogs worry sheep. So it's not just worry as a sort of a mental exercise, but worrying like where you're picking a scab or worrying, you know, worrying something is to chew it over. And Shaking to, it by the throat. Yes, referred yes. to because the Thoth cards are pip-like. You know, in the sense that it's the 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 disposition of the five suit emblems. You can really see that upside down pentacle really clearly in three out of four of them. In the cups mm-hmm. and swords and discs, you can see that four over one matter over spirit thing happening.
1: A couple more just interesting mm-hmm. things about. 5 so when we were talking about the connection of 5 and 10 mm-hmm. but when you think of the the 10 commandments they were two sets of 5 one, one set related towards god and the other set related towards humans like mm. which i thought was kind of interesting again like when we think of the hierophant card as the bridge between you know man and the divine
0: mather's has this uh phrase he uses Privation it. of strife. Where did I see that? Probably in Mathers' number book, because that's where I saw it. Yeah. Yep. Privation of strife is kind of the opposite in the sense that he says the five unites in friendship, even and odd. Was it um, Mathers or Westcott you read that in? Oh, wait, you're right. It's Westcott. Westcott yeah, number book. Yep. I get them confused. <laughs> Old white dudes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> One has a beard; the other doesn't.
0: So it's interesting that he. He kind of casts this as as a way that men and divine confront each other, but this is how what they have to do in order to make friends, to go through this experience of
1: hardship. I, I also jotted down that phrase. I must have been looking in the Westcott book, too, because it, mm-hmm. uh, what I wrote down, and I have no idea if I just made this up or what, but the idea five as the two and the three, the even and odd kind of being forced together to unite.
0: Yes, yes, against their will. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah. You know, I forgot to mention as far as the, uh, axis, anima mundi and axis mundi, that implies the divine chain of being which is said to have kind of five parts stone plant animal man god <laughs> now i think this has really caused a lot of messed up thinking in western culture generally but but it's just curious you know because it's sort of like there's these four and then there's god one other thing that even though we don't have a court card to talk about this time i think it's really interesting that the princes and knights have this as their central deccan. yeah yeah, interesting. It is interesting because we always see that motion between four and five and six in in those nights, you know, sort of like yeah, between and we two think stasis of those points.
1: Princes as being, you know, they're in their chariots, they're, they're cards of motion.
0: They face adversity, they go out in the world, they have to contend in order to reach the six, which is yeah. the
1: ultimate and, you know, that, that There is that interesting relationship between five and six, as well as five and ten, but w- with the princes, it's really the five and the six and the, the, the struggles that they face in the five and the glories that they win in, in the six kind of defines their purpose.
0: They also have to break out of the Stagnation of the four in order to get there. Mm-hmm. They are motivated to seek balance, but we'll talk about it more in the six. I'm sure. I one thing that I was I thought was interesting.
1: So there's you know the gods that were associated mm. with the fives. You of course Mars and Aries, the Roman Mars of which is much more about vitality and order than the the destructive Aries, Greek Greek Mars. and yeah. Then there was um the dactyls that I, mm. they were the ones that taught see uh pythagoras was supposedly taught by these beings the dactyls the science of of math and and numbers the pythagoreans supposedly really revered the number 5 the five digits of the hand and counting That's what dactyl
0: means, right? Yeah.
1: Their fingers Mm -hmm. or whatever. And these beings were supposedly descended from Rhea. So again, we have an Earth-Saturn connection. They were male beings. They were like 10 spirit men. So again, we have this association with 10. Sometimes there were three of them. Sometimes Mm -hmm. there were 10 of them. So again, we have Saturn, whether it's three or 10, which I thought was interesting. And they were said to be smiths, magicians, and healers. Which so I thought interesting. was really kind of interesting. So the Smiths thing, of course, you think of Mars and Saturn, sure. you know, the blacksmith.
0: But the Just, others sound
1: mercurial. Yeah, magicians and healers. Yeah. I thought it was yeah. kind of interesting, especially the, the part about the Smiths, because, you know, they shape with fire. and right. the, There were three, the three of them that were Smiths, their names were, uh, one of them's name was Akmun, which meant anvil. One of them's name was Selmis, which means casting, and the other one's name I'm totally stealing as my um, <laughs> as my rapper's name. Uh, can I can I even say this? <laughs> Damnomenius. <laughs> Damnomenius.
0: <laughs> That's my new rapper name, and that meant the hammer. <laughs> yeah, the hammer. Yeah, so I guess you know that sort of is totally in line with the sort of natural correspondences oh, and- of Givora. Yeah, and the Hesley, iron. They
1: were the discoverers of iron, which is mm-hmm. the metal of Mars. Mm-hmm. So I thought they were kind of a cool mythological connection with the five there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And iron is, you know, so fundamental to this whole constellation of concepts because it's not only, you know, either red or black, right? Uh, which is martial, but it is. Right. What? Mars and Saturn colors. It's the, you know, fundamental element of our blood. Right. It's what gives us our energy and our, you know, and when we when we don't have enough of it, we become weak and anemic. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. And then I think the plants are like, you know, the usual tobacco nettles, sharp, spicy type things. Oh, and for gods, we can't forget Horus. Oh, Horus, Force yeah. and fire. <laughs> I did a quick look through um, my database to see if I could find anything about fives. And since it's obviously too much to, you know, look up every single five, I, I looked only for the days when I got two fives. I only found three situations, which is, I guess, a blessing <laughs> where I got two fives. And one of them was, you know, a very explosive day with a lot of sort of fighting and weeping and... Things like that, you know, troubles with parenting and me feeling insecure. Very Did you get a sorts. lot
1: of things to do with machinery and <laughs> or like cooking stuff? Because I think of fives and Mars as having a lot to do and cooking itself having a lot to do with Mars, um, both the application of fire and knives, you know. And, uh, you would think so. You would think so. Machinery. I tend to get.
0: I tend to get Queen of Wands, which is Martial in a way when I'm cooking.
1: But what I yeah, did she's get... Got the, she's got the uh Two of Wands as one of her decans, that's very Martial.
0: Exactly. Yeah, and her other decan is Marshall uh three is three is also Marshall and then her her previous deck in Ten of Cups is also Marshall. What I kept finding was that I took a lot of long walks, which is not really like me at all on on double five days, but it's the energy, right, and the um the urge to move. With
1: mm-hmm. movement with yeah. Mm-hmm. oh another movement thing uh the fifth day of creation the right. uh, creatures that move in the sea and the air were created the birds oh, that's and the cool. swimming things
0: animals that are really defined by motion i don't know that kind of does it for my notes <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's most of it all right so good enough let's kind of sum it up so in the five we've talked about uh Kind of a wide variety of themes, but they all kind of center around a few clusters of topics. For example, time, motion-aiding matter, um, imbalances. Right, form for spirit to indwell, yeah. which is a good
1: definition of magic, I think. That's great.
0: Uh, the divine plus the earthly, one plus four, matter plus spirit, but also two plus three, male plus female. Like and unlike, Uh, we talked about creativity and disruption, Uh, and certainly,
1: yeah, oh yeah, that reminds me, life and growth, because you know, you know, growth is motion, life is growth, and that idea of the golden section in the Fibonacci sequence, that five is a part of, is you know, the definition of you know nature, how it how spirals, how it grows, it's it's all about that uh, golden ratio the motion of that growth,
0: Mm -hmm. which is kind of cool. As if there's a invisible force, you know, shaping it, pillar of form. And the idea of restraint, the idea of contraction and restraint of the ever flowing force of Kessid.
1: It's really interesting too. Mars as being the ruler of both Aries and Scorpio, that idea of kind of, birth and death yeah, and the
0: motion and the stopping of motion governing both of those and also in the year initiating sort of before the growing season starts in the northern hemisphere in Aries where we break the ground with iron sometimes you know and then where everything dies off and is brought brought in (laughs) yeah and gets buried in Scorpio yeah We break the ground again, (laughs) break the ground again. Exactly. All righty. So all right. Thank you for accompanying us through this journey through the hardships and adversities and travails of the five. We will be back next time with the sweet and harmonious six. See you then.